It is August. And Bloomberg Markets Magazine, they are out with a special uh, issue. It is focused on diversity, where black men and women, they share their experience on Wall Street. There's no universal experience, but their stories reflect what it's like and what it means to be just one of a handful of black people in finance. Bloomberg Radio and Television correspondent Shanali Basak contributed to the uh, Bloomberg Markets issue and brings us more in this special report. It's hard to define the black experience on Wall Street, partially because there are so few people of color in the C-suite and on trading floors across the industry. At the beginning of this year, there were more than 80 top executives at the six biggest U.S. banks, and only one was black. We interviewed people across the industry, Carla Harris, who has since become one of the most senior women at Morgan Stanley, was one of the few people of color at the firm in the 80s. Excellence looked like six white men at the top, right? That wasn't strange at all. That's what you saw at IBM. That's what you saw at GM. That's what you saw at, at Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, you pick it, right? So you knew that if you wanted to play on this playing field, that was what you were, you were going to have to be comfortable in some cases being the only and, and being the first. So that was not intimidating to me at all. That's just the way it was. You know, I would say I had three strikes against me. Here's what I said to myself as a first year and second year associate. I said, you got three strikes against you. You're young, you're a woman, and you're black. Reggie Brown was also alone when he became the first African-American exchange official in the 90s. I've always saw race as an attribute because I realized that a lot of times I was the only one in the room or I, I stood out because I was 6'5", a black dude, and everyone remarked on that because it was such a unique thing to be um, in the environment that I was in. And so I think through ambition and talent and drive, I created my own opportunities. Many of the people we interviewed said they felt systematically shut out of Wall Street's tight-knit circle. Sometimes that sentiment was even overt. There was some recognition, I, I think, of my talents, but also, you know, just where I stood in the hierarchy. You know, I remember when I first came a member of, this, of the stock exchange, I sat in the member's lounge, and a 90-year-old member of the exchange didn't believe I belonged there and cleared his throat and told me to go. That was in the 90s. More than a decade later, Lauren Simmons was only the second black woman to become a trader at the New York Stock Exchange. That's in the 225-year history of the trading floor. Before she passed her Series 19 exam, the men around her bet that she wouldn't even make it through the test. One of the New York Stock Exchange archivists came up to me and said, you realize that you were the second African-American woman in history, and this was in 225 years. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, this is a historic moment, but it is very bittersweet that there, you know, weren't more women that came before me. There's been some change over time, but it's come in fits and starts. For Carla, that shift started in the 90s, but she saw many people of color laid off in hard times for the industry. We have made some progress because it used to be so gnarly that I could name every person on Wall Street, let alone every senior person on Wall Street. And I am happy to say that I cannot do that today. So by definition, we've made some progress. 
The reason why I think we aren't farther along in financial services broadly, and certainly Wall Street particularly, is that I feel that diversity has been a bull market phenomenon. When things are going really well, then people are focused on it. And then when you have a bear market environment, you have restructurings, you have reductions in force, and obviously small populations are disproportionately hit. And then when we get back into an upturn, that's when you look around and you go, oh my gosh, where's my pipeline. And you got to start all over again. And with the death of George Floyd and protests spanning more than two months, many in Wall Street's black community have been compelled to create change. They're speaking openly about race for the first times in their careers. You know, seeing George Floyd being murdered by a white cop with his hands in his pocket, you know, it's just morally reprehensible, you know. And I think because we're all at home working at home from COVID, everyone had an opportunity to kind of focus on it. And I think what's different is I think there's more people of color in their agency to speak freely about these issues. Age plays a part, too. Lauren sees a younger generation hesitant to accept the status quo. She thinks the next wave of talent is unlikely to stay on Wall Street if things don't change. The shift is going to happen with the younger generation is that they're just going to get fed up with traditional Wall Street or traditional maybe tech spaces or so on and so forth. And they're just going to create their own companies that include everyone. Because I do really believe that the younger generation really gets it. But the road ahead is still a hard one, with barriers to entry. You know, Wall Street, you know, is a closed society, and, you know, it's a meritocracy, and it's very hard to get in and stay in. And once you're in, you know, the environment sometimes is rough and tumble. It's not very friendly. But is that true for everything else in life? After almost two dozen interviews with people of color on Wall Street, we found that being black often means being alone, held back, and deprived of the best opportunities. Some made it to the top, some left disenchanted. Some became rich. Some were so underpaid they had to sue. Some think Wall Street is hopeless, but some are more optimistic than ever. In New York, I'm Shanali Basak, Bloomberg Radio.